ACCA, the world's most forward-thinking professional accountancy body. Narayanan, welcome back. So moving straight into the heart of the report, let's start by connecting the dots. Where does AI sit in relation to ESG initiatives? Very, very good question, Fazila, and I think really important one for the times that we live in. The whole space of ESG, environmental, social and governance initiatives, and if you like, the broader sustainability space has really become center stage now and, and not a minute too soon. I think it's a really, really important agenda. And I think the interesting thing with AI is that it has a really, really important relationship with the world of ESG and sustainability across multiple dimensions. In some ways, you could think of it as being both part of the problem in a way, but also part of the solution. So when I say part of the problem, what I mean is that I said earlier in our discussion about how over the decade of the 2020s, there is an expectation of large scale deployment and, and a significant increase in the use of AI. And one of the things we already know is that as the amount of data that's being crunched through the AI increases, as the algorithms get more complex, so does the energy utilization of these algorithms. There have been some studies done actually where they looked at a natural language processing algorithm, which basically looks at you know, words and text and that sort of information and, and applies AI analysis to that. And one of those algorithms that it looked at, the research showed that it used, I think the equivalent of the energy of going between um, New York and Beijing, I think it was over a hundred times. So the substantive point here is that these are not trivial amounts of energy utilization. And as this kind of technology gets deployed at scale, a lot of these algorithms are sitting in a cloud somewhere and they're processing huge amounts of data. There will be impacts on uh, the ESG aspect. You know, there are data centers somewhere sitting in the background which are powering these algorithms and this cloud. Those data centers generate heat. You need toxic chemicals that create cooling systems to bring down the heat. So when you really start looking at the entire value chain, there's a whole bunch of environmental considerations that come into play. Now, clearly at the front end for the professional accountant, they're not going to be involved in all of that back end stuff. And there are technology vendors that are thinking about this much more seriously. But from the perspective of accountancy and finance professionals, I think one area where you will see an overlap is in the area of procurement and vendor selection. And I think we're already you know, encouraging, advocating that when you think about your technology procurement, you also think about the responsible aspect. So you're not just procuring, in this case, an AI vendor, but there's a whole space out there around so-called responsible AI and, and principles that vendors sign up to in order to demonstrate their credentials in that space. So I think it's really important as someone who's on the other side of the fence, if one is, and one is procuring these solutions for one's organization to really think about uh, that aspect and whether the vendor is presenting some evidence of that. But I think also I said it's part of the solution also. So it's part of the problem in some ways in terms of the energy generate utilization. But AI can also be part of the solution in, in the report that you referenced earlier, for example, 
Um, we give this example of how AI can be used to tackle this problem of greenwashing, which is essentially this notion that we are, of course, living in a world where uh, climate change and the impact of the climate is becoming more and more of a pressing burning. It is a burning platform issue and countries around the world are signing up to pledges saying we are going to be carbon neutral or net zero by 2030 or by 2050. And downstream from countries, organizations are then saying, you know what, we also are going to make a pledge and say we're going to be net zero by such and such date. And without wishing to be too cynical, the reality is that for a lot of organizations, it can also be a bit of a marketing ploy because they feel that they need to be seen to be making these announcements. In fact, in, there was a study done, I think it was by the European Union, which showed that almost half of uh, the announcements that they found in the public domain were not followed up in any particular way. So, you know, the issue of greenwashing and, and overstating your sustainability credentials is a real thing. It's a problem. And AI can help with that because a lot of the information associated with ESG is unstructured data. And AI can scour entire industries. It can look across the universe of things that are uh, said by companies across an entire industry around the world. It can look at that across multiple dimensions, whether it's regulatory filings, social media, so forth. And it can compare and it can see um, you know, what, what is being actually uh, done within an industry, for example, relative to the announcements that are made. So it provides, if you think about it from the lens of, you know, ethics and accountancy and finance profession, there's something there around uh, integrity. There's something there around uh, being able to have a level of um, checks and balances and assurance over even with even within one's own organization. If one's own organization wants to go out and make all sorts of sustainability statements, um, there's going to be someone in the organization who's going to be worried about, you know, are we actually being ethical in the way that we're doing this? Are we making sure that we're following up on things that we're announcing? And, you know, even if you want to understand that for your own organization, there are tools out there which are increasingly being developed using AI, which can help with that process. So, as I said, there are multiple and very important uh, interlinkages with the ESG agenda for Zeta. It just sounds so interesting, but it is also clear to us to understand the correlation. However, isn't it a bit of a contradiction given that as the use of AI intensifies across the economies, the collective usage of energy needed to power them will also increase by means of AI taking time and energy in the form of electricity, as you said in your answer, um, in order to run these algorithms. So, and it's fair to say that AI systems have an identifiable carbon footprint, right? And it's not trivial, as you also said. So how do we gain an equilibrium? That's a great question, Fazila. And I think it's one where the accountancy and finance profession has a, a really strong skill set and a role to play. If you think about the fundamental ethical principles established by the IS, by the International Ethics Standards Board for Accountants, you know, one of those is objective, which is about being able to understand lots of different priorities and being able to balance things in an appropriate manner to not give in to undue pressures. 
And over here, you've got quite a few different things which are pulling you in different directions and you need that objectivity. So if you think of it, for example, like a, a triangle, you've got on the one hand, the accuracy of the algorithm. On the second, you've got the energy utilization of the algorithm. And on the third, you've got the explainability of the algorithm. And all of these three things interact with each other. It's not the case that you just want more and more accuracy in your algorithm because there are trade-offs. You can get more and more accuracy, but first of all, from a business context point of view, how much accuracy does your business use case really need? If you've got a medical use case where you're deciding whether somebody is being predicted for cancer or not, you need a huge amount of accuracy. If you're trying to recommend a movie to somebody with a recommendation engine based on AI, it's a relatively lower stakes use case. So first of all, there's a question of how much accuracy is appropriate, and that has business implications in terms of cost, in terms of how much you uh, invest in developing solutions sometimes, and how much data you need to power it and how accurate it needs to be. So that's one thing. And also the more accurate you get, the more energy that you consume because it becomes a more complex algorithm. So there are, to your question around, you know, where do we understand, you know, the, the contradictions and the correlations? One is, first of all, to understand that more accuracy all the time isn't automatically the end goal. There is an optimal level of accuracy that you need, and that's dictated by understanding your industry, your domain, your use case, and, and being able to uh, flex to that and also mm -hmm. recognizing the energy aspects that go with it. The third piece in my triangle was explainability. And what that has to do, which is a very important ethics related concept as well, which is you need to be able to explain to your stakeholders how the AI came to a particular decision or a conclusion. And there are some industries where that's not just about, you know, wanting to do the right thing, which is very important. But in fact, in some industries, it goes beyond that, where you have fiduciary responsibilities to do that. If you take, um, say, the banking industry, you have treat customer fairly obligations. It's a regulated industry. If someone has applied for a home loan and you've used an algorithm in the background to decide whether or not they should get a loan and they're rejected, you might have regulatory uh, obligations to be able to explain to them why that is because it affects their credit rating potentially to get a loan elsewhere. So you need when you think about this whole question of the usage of AI and the energy consumption, you need to understand that um, it's not just about getting more and more accurate algorithms that use more and more energy because the business context matters. And it's also not about just using more and more energy because actually the more complex the algorithm becomes, the less explainable it becomes. And so you're actually hurting yourself because you can't explain to your stakeholders how you arrived at the decision in a very transparent manner. So there is a really strong objectivity and uh, balance aspect here in terms of managing multiple things in order to arrive at an ESG compliant, responsible way of deploying AI that uh, that is in the best interest of all stakeholders. Wow, thank you. Thank you for your answer on that. Moving on to some of the stats in the report, I'm keen to break down the stat that 66% of leaders agree that their organization prioritize ethics as highly as generating profits. Now, First, being an accountant by trade myself, for me, ethics is fundamental. However, I'm on the fence as to whether 66% is 
good or bad? And second, ethics over profits, given the cost of AI and economic cost of running the machines, is ethics over profit a reality? It's a, it's a really fundamental question in some ways for Zelo. And so let me start by saying, first of all, that one of the first questions we asked in the research was this question around, what do you think about your leaders? Do they prioritize ethics as much as profits? And one of the first things you notice in that question is it has nothing to do with AI and it has nothing to do with technology. And that was intentional because we firmly believe that ultimately ethics is something that goes above and beyond the specifics of what might be discussed in a particular scenario, in this case, AI. I actually am inclined to agree with you in terms of being a little bit on the fence. The, the fact is that this is research, it's not marketing. So, you know, we have to work with the numbers that come back in the way they are, and that's what has come back. I would have liked to see a higher proportion of people feeling that sense of confidence about their leaders. Two and three is something to build on, but I think we all um, collectively continue advocating, continue pushing the message that this stuff is really, really important. Um, I think, you know, it's really important for stakeholders to realize that ultimately long-term sustainable value matters. There's no point rushing into AI, getting a use case in place, putting out a press release and say, look at us, we're so cool, we use AI. And then 18 months later, you have a massive blow up, it goes completely wrong, you get plastered all over you know, local newspapers and you have massive reputational damage, so as well true. as you know, a breach of trust with your stakeholders and consumers. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the whole space around leadership is fundamental for this. The way you deploy AI is top down. I mentioned earlier about breaking down silos when you're deploying because you need data from various different parts of an organization for it to be as powerful as it can be. And you need cross-functional teams where people who are technology heavy work with people who are business and accounting heavy. And all that coordination can only happen if you have a leader on top of all this who really encourages that kind of behavior and deployment in the organization. So mm. I think, uh, you know, this is a fundamental thing. And uh, I think it's something that we'll continue pushing. Right, so it's about leadership and top-down deployment, basically, right? Agree, agree, very much so. Looking at the respondents' answers, we see that about two-thirds feel that the impact of AI is positive or very positive on overall standard of living in society, but only about one-third in relation to their rights as a consumer why do you feel that there is a disconnect here? Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really interesting finding in some ways because when people talk in broad terms, they do seem to feel that, you know, it's a really foundational transformational technology which is going to really change our lives. Many people compare it to electricity. So in the same way that electricity isn't a single technology, if you thought 100 years ago, if somebody thought electricity was one single technology when it first came through, that would have been missing the point of how it's completely embedded into our lives today. And so there is a general view that AI has the potential to really move in that sort of direction and have that kind of impact if we were to fast forward 100 years from where we are today. But when you look at the reality of it and, and many of the current use cases, consumers are really, really nervous about it. And I think that has a lot to do with the way that it has so far 
come through in the lives of many people. We live in a world where in many ways the dominant monetization model has been an advertising based model and in, in the internet economy and that advertising based model is fundamentally predicated on gathering lots of data often in ways that can feel opaque to people. They don't know if their data is being used by some big corporation somewhere in a way that they hadn't thought of um, or they hadn't really fully understood. And also there's this notion of, uh, you know, information about them being used or interpreted in a way which they hadn't either envisaged or consented to. So this notion of, uh, if you like, people who are similar will make similar decisions is often something that is associated with the way AI, many AI algorithms work. It's this notion of birds of a feather flock together. So in the algorithm, it will look at a vast amount of data, find lots of people who it thinks have similar characteristics to yourself, whether it's because you, you know, are educated in a certain way, belong to a certain gender, live in a certain place, shop at a certain market, buy certain things, have a certain budget. And it has the ability to look at that across a very vast range of parameters and make assumptions and, and conclusions about you, which you might not agree with. So, and consumers are realizing that all this is happening around them. And I think in many ways, we also ran an online discussion group in this research in addition to the survey findings. And this was one of the things that people really brought out in that, which was um, the sense of the need for the industry to continue to really build trust with consumers, that their data is is fine that the tech is very clever, but they also need the comfort that they're actually being respected as data subjects, as people who actually provide the data that powers all this clever tech. I love that, data subjects, so interesting. The report is an absolute must read for anyone who is interested in or embarking on AI and the ESG journey. Whilst we've focused on breaking down AI and looking at the findings, the report also focuses on key challenges and recommendations. Yes, very much so. And I'm sure we'll talk about that very soon. But all I'll say at the moment is the idea is for accountancy and finance professionals to be, if you like, um, ethical stewards um, in their organization as their organization makes these leaps into new or previously unseen areas for their um, stakeholders. And so I think this is an area where accountancy and finance professionals uh, will face challenges. And there are, uh, uh, as with all important material things, there are some challenges that have to be navigated, but there are also recommendations that we talk about to deal with those. Oh, I really liked that. Ethical stewards. So that's what the role of accounting and finance professionals should be uh, with regards to AI. Loved that. So data governance is cited as a key factor in AI governance, right? So could you share the key messages emerging from the report in this regard? Sure. And I think this is one of the really, really important aspects from the profession's perspective, because ultimately data is the raw material that feeds AI algorithms. And we talk in the report specifically about a few dimensions. One is data quality and the other, for example, is data confidentiality. And we feel that both of these are really important dimensions for AI to be deployed in an ethical manner. The thing with um, data quality, for example, when you look across the life cycle from 
when data initially first enters the organization, its use within the organization, storage, and then eventual destruction, lawful destruction, if you like, of that information. What the research and the surveys are telling us is that stakeholders, the area where they find the most challenge with respect to data quality is on the way in. So basically what they're saying to us is, if we manage to work out how to get the data quality right when we're initially collecting it, then it's much, much easier to manage it across the entire life cycle of the data as it flows through our organization, gets used by various teams and various different purposes, including AI. And I think that's intuitively a very uh, understandable finding. On the other hand, for confidentiality, where the biggest challenge um, comes through in the data is in the middle of the life cycle, which is the secure storage. And essentially what stakeholders seem to be telling us there is, as long as the data is actively on our radar, so when we are first collecting it, when we are using it, it's kind of easier to stay on top of confidentiality issues. But when we just finished with it and we've put it somewhere in secure storage, that's where we feel there's the biggest challenge in making sure that we're not breaching any confidentiality norms. So dealing with both of these issues of quality and confidentiality will be really important. And it's an area where accountancy and finance professionals can bring that combination of both business value as well as um, risk and governance understanding to really make sure that you derive value from the data, but in a responsible way. The one other thing I would say is this notion of data minimization, which I think is really important as well. I've said a lot about big data, the explosion of data and so forth, but I think it's also worth remembering that as an organization, you only want to be collecting the absolute bare minimum amount of data that you really need. And that's an important discipline that organizations need to make sure they're following. What you don't want is, you know, if you go back to the 1950s, there was suddenly this new material that came in, which was really cheap, abundantly available, and could be used to make everything from tables, chairs, uh, wardrobes, and, and I'm talking, of course, of plastic. And fast forward 80 years, and you've got plastic contaminating everything right to the bottom of the seas. What you don't want is for us to be at the beginning of that 70-year cycle where data feels really cheap and readily available right now, and in 70 years, we look back and say, you know what, we've just polluted everything in our world with so much data all over the place where it shouldn't be. So data minimization also, I think, is really important. You just opened my mind to so many things in that answer, so many points. And I think there's a lot of key, important um, things that you've said there that we as accounting professionals really need to take away. Thank you ever so much. To wrap up our two-part podcast, Narayanan, can you talk us through the nine key recommendations for AI and sustainable adoption? Sure, I'll do a quick whistle stop too here. So because I think we've covered quite a bit of it already. Um, mm -hmm. So the first was setting the tone at the top on adoption. And we've talked quite a bit about that from the leadership point of view. The second thing I would say is deliver sustainable value. So again, we have talked about that in terms of reputation risk and thinking about long-term value, linking to things like the sustainable development goals. So value isn't just financial value, it's in the round. The third thing I'd say is exercise professional judgment. So AI is new and it'll bring up situations that haven't been seen before. So if you're following a very prescriptive checklist, you might miss stuff because you need to think and you need to apply your judgment. So it's really important to bear that that responsibility for judgment doesn't go away. In fact, it's intensified. 
the fourth thing I'd say is around using AI as your friend for 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 ESG solutions. We talked about challenging greenwashing, for example, and and that's the sort of thing where it can really help. Uh, the fifth thing I'd say is around compliance with regulation and ethics policies. So AI regulation is evolving. There's a lot of stuff happening all over the world. And I think accountancy and finance professionals, if you think about your ethical code, there's a one there around the fundamental principle of um, professional behavior, which is about being on top of standards, rules, uh, uh, which need to be followed. And so I think for AI adoption, it'll be important to bear that aspect in mind and having a sense of what's going on. Uh, the sixth I'd say is prioritize data management, and we've talked quite a bit about data just now, and, and I would echo those comments. Seventhly, I'd say a strategic approach to oversight and delivery, and this is really about those things around cross-functional teams, about having mechanisms in your organization to contest AI decisions, maybe whistleblowing type mechanisms, so making sure that there are ways by which people can challenge uh, what's coming through. Eighth, I'd say understand the vendor landscape. Uh, ultimately, you know, as accountancy and finance professionals in their organizations, they will be most likely dealing with an external technology vendor who provides the AI solution. So what they can do from an accounting and finance point of view is build their understanding of what's going on in my industry. What are the types of solutions being offered? Who are the vendors? Are they responsible AI vendors? Do they have any credentials to prove that they're doing things in a, in a sensible, responsible way? So thinking about all of those things will be important. And finally, I'd say build knowledge and skills, which is a, which is a wider point, which is about really understanding, staying on top of what's going on in this space. ACCA has various products. Um, there's a FinTech certificate that just came out recently. And more than that, I think in addition also reading and staying on top of evolving developments in this space and how they connect with uh, the, the agenda of accountancy and finance professionals is something that will stand people in good stead. Those are fantastic nine key takeaways for every single person that's listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for sharing them, Narayanan. It's my pleasure, Fazila. And finally, to the majority of our listeners who are at the start of this journey, what key piece of advice would you give? Two words, continuous learning. So I think you, know, you, don't, you don't have to be on top of everything all the time. I think that's just not possible. But what you can do is adopt a certain frame of mind. And that frame of mind is a continuous learning frame of mind. And as long as you do that, then you know, you'll keep learning. There'll be times when you're ahead of the curve, times when you're behind the curve, but you'll be moving constantly. And that's always the best way forward. Excellent. Continuous learning. Narayanan, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today on ACCA Me Talks. I'm sure, like me, our listeners have found the information today very informative and will undoubtedly enable them to have more meaningful AI ESG conversations going forward. Thank you so much. Thank you, you can, very much, Fazila. It's my pleasure. Oh, it's great. Um, you can follow Narayanan's work and that of the Professional Insights team by downloading the Professional Insights app. I'm hoping that on today's session, we've connected the dots for you on how AI and ESG can work together. If you take away anything from today's podcast, it's that now is the time to start this journey. And ACCA is here to help you on your way, whether it be in reports such as this or this podcast, 
or looking in depth at sustainable finance or CPDs to get your skill set to where they need to be. As Narayanan said, continuous learning is key for this journey. Many thanks for content and production to Helen Deakey. Join me, Fazila Gopalani, next time on ACCA Me Talks. This podcast was brought to you by ACCA. Find out how we think ahead at accaglobal.com.